The Burt Show. I'm having a hard time filling time in my life. <laughs> Not on the show. That's taken care of. The time in my life. So I am newly single here. And uh, my roommate, 50% of the time, is my 16-year-old son. When he's not there, I'm in that house all by myself. Days, no problem at all, man. I do like my space quite a bit. like to be able to come and go when I want, right? I'm very busy during the day with work or working out or the things going on with some other companies and stuff. Plenty of time. Six to nine o'clock. Six to nine o'clock. It's lonely. It's lonely sometimes. I don't do well with lonely. I don't do well with silence. I don't do well, I can't do, sitting down and just watching TV. Just, I can't do that. Uh, Some people can sit and they can watch Netflix for two or three hours and unwind. Man, I got about an hour probably of unwinding in me. And then I just get super bored. You guys can just sit and relax, watch TV. Well, yeah, but I mean, you have to think, as far as me, I'm in a completely different situation. I got a toddler, so if I can get some quiet time and watch a TV... Bart left the house yesterday to go run errands, and yeah. Jimmy was taking a nap, and I was in the living room by myself watching what I want. I wasn't watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. I wasn't <laughs> watching Bluey. I was watching what I wanted to watch. Yeah. It was glorious. Right, isn't it? Yes. Isn't it? Uh-huh. How about you guys, though? You don't have kids. Yeah. I, I mean, I just veg with my cat. We, we sit down. We watch the Buccaneers. It's, it's great over here. What time does... I'm very curious about this. So what time does your night start where you're doing nothing? So for me, I think it's different. I think I have, I think at this age, it's very easy to be a little bit of a night owl. So once we finish here, my veg time is usually right after I get home from the gym when I'm like exhausted. And then it's funny around 6 p.m. I get kind of a second wind. I'm like, I got stuff to do. Mm -hmm. So then I start doing that stuff from 6 to 9 p.m. So that I'm exhausted by the time my head hits the pillow. About the same for me. Six to nine is pretty much that window of time when I'll get some free time and some space. I, I can't really sit and watch TV. That's never really been my thing. Unless it's like a show that I'm really addicted to. I have to be really into it. I'm also find things to do that keep my brain active, like um, my hobbies. I'll create music. I'll work on jokes. I might even play video games, like just something that is my mind is not just kind of wandering freely. Okay, so my unwinding time is really about an hour, and I'm doing the wrong thing to get sleep, and that's watching TV for the last hour of my day, which at least most people say you're not supposed to do, but that's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I've got some ideas. I've already set my New Year's resolutions, and I am giving myself a little bit of grace. I've got three and if I can get two of the three done next year, then I will be happy. One's fairly simple. Now, I'm not joking about this. I really want to I really want to educate myself on how to properly stack in the dishwasher. Okay. <laughs> like right now, uh-huh. it's just it's sort of just like <laughs> things are falling over, and it's a little bit like a toddler trying to stack it, and I don't know how to do it. And I know that there are angles in there that make it possible to put more dishes in there than I possibly am doing, but I've never learned how to do it, and I really want to learn next year. And you think that's going to fill the void from six to nine p.m. every time? <laughs> you got a lot of dishes, bro. The way that I process info, yes, that's one. Uh, you are very, you're, you tend to be a frantic person yeah. and you move very quickly. You're, you don't like, you just need to take a breath and stop 
stop and like do things slowly, which isn't like slow is not your speed. It uh-uh. never has been. Uh-uh. So what I can offer you to assist you is my husband is a master dishwasher loader. Really? I am not allowed to touch the dishwasher. The man has a method. It is stacked. It is pristine. It is perfect. Everything is getting cleaned just the way. So he can come over and give you a dishwasher tutorial. It's an art, man. It Sometimes art. I'm putting mugs in the bottom and I don't think you're supposed to put there. Nope. Uh, there are certain angles, those little things that stick up. So I think some are for bigger plates than other plates, but it doesn't make any sense to me. And it's just a damn mess in there. This makes me laugh so hard because I just saw a TikTok that said in every marriage, there's somebody who knows how to do the dishwasher and someone who's <laughs> chaos. And yeah. I would love for Bart to host a class because I will yes. send my husband to it because I'm the woman who goes behind him and I'm like, the bowls are going to get washed if they're stacked like that. And I redo everything and fit it in and it looks Beautiful. Would Bart be open to doing a YouTube video? I'm sure. (laughs) They they exist. They do exist. But it's not Bart. Yeah. It's It's, not Bart. It's got, I'm looking at one right now, 4.1 million views. You're not alone. (laughs) How to correctly load your dishwasher. It's five minutes and 10 seconds. I would really love that. I never thought about this, but it makes sense because I've been doing the dishes as long as I can remember. That was my chore growing up. So when people load my dishes for me, whether it's friends or my girl or somebody, I, it, I'm livid. Like yep. it, it, it's really annoying the way that they load my dishwasher. I never thought somebody should have a tutorial for it. Okay, so that should be the easiest one. Okay. The second one now I've been talking about for six months, and dang it, this is one of the things that are going to be on my list. I would really like to get my trainer's license. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. You know, I'll probably never use it, but I love being in the gym so mm-hmm. much, and it's been part of my lifestyle forever, and the human body fascinates me that I think that would be a really fun quote-unquote hobby yeah. with like an endpoint. Like I get my certificate, I'm ready to go. I think that's a great idea. Bart could help you with that too. <laughs> Bart, I'm on my own on this one, right? Um, since we're talking about the betterment of Bert Weiss, how was therapy yesterday? I didn't have therapy yesterday. Uh-oh. I moved it to next week. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. I promised you I'd go one time before Christmas. Uh, you did. Okay, it's next week. Okay, I'm just I checking. Got, I got you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and the third one is this. This is the one I know that I'm going to get to because it's really important now. For the first time in my life, I'm going to learn how to cook. Oh, good for Ooh. you. That's a good one. Because that can be very time consuming between like six and nine. It can be. You sort of need that for your health. You do. Okay. Sure. Um, and if I could just, I don't know if that means taking a class. I don't know if that means going online and learning how to make my own meals. That's the one I really want to do. I like it. Mm-hmm. Why are you looking like that? I just want to, I'm just going to hit up your business manager to make sure you have good fire insurance. <laughs> <laughs> um, we I'm, saw your banana bread. So who needs the cooking? <laughs> we'll do it together. <laughs> I do think that when it comes to resolutions and I don't want to fall into this and that's why I just made like three of those and I'm serious about all three is some people I see their resolution list is like 12 deep. Yeah, no. It's just too much mm-hmm. change and and then when one falls and I kind of feel like a lot of people are just like, well, I didn't do that one. So the whole list is gone. The dom- th- it's a domino effect. Three is doable, especially the dishwasher one. If I can get some help with from Bart. I, I, I kid you not. We, you know, we live super close now. Yep. So we'll come over and I will film Bart giving you a dishwasher tutorial. <laughs> <be> wonderful. <laughs> The Burt Show. All right, Brianna wanted some help here. She and her her boyfriend broke up right around the time she had a falling out with her best friend. And she's been wondering, are these two things related or not? And she wanted our help to get to the truth. Hey, Brianna. 
Hey, good morning. Good morning. Okay, so tell us about this breakup, the fallout, the whole thing. We've already reached out, so we already have results for you this morning, but bring us up to that point. All right. Um, So my boyfriend and I broke up last spring, like you said, um, and around that same time, my best friend and I had a falling out, and I thought they were unrelated. My boyfriend and I have been together two and a half years, but we have been fighting a lot more often toward the end, and I couldn't figure out why. It was like everything I did just bugged him, you know? So then in April, he broke up with me. He said he didn't see things with us progressing even further. He said after two and a half years, if he wasn't ready to marry me, then he should move on. I was Mm -hmm. heartbroken. Mm -hmm. So about a week later, my best friend and I get into a fight. And, like, I honestly don't even remember what it was about. Um, We were out with a bunch of people. I did or said something. And she replied with a comment about how I'm always making things about me. Like... So it caused a big fight, and I was furious that she would say something like that to me. But there was also people there, so she said it in front of other people. So I calmed down. A few days later, I tried to put it past us and tell her that I forgave her because, you know, we had been drinking. I got it. I was in a bad place, you know. She refused to talk to me about it, and we still haven't spoken in nearly eight months, you know. So <laughs> Thanksgiving break. I find out from a friend that my ex-boyfriend and my ex-best friend are together. Mm. Okay. Apparently, mm-hmm, yeah. Apparently they've been together for a while, you know, and this person didn't know how long or whatever, but she had been heard about it and she had just let me know when I saw her. So I don't want to talk to them myself. I mean, obviously I'm still upset about it. I can't hardly even talk about it, but I need to know if they started seeing each other while we were together. Like, did they both cheat on me, you know, like, or did they both all of a sudden, you know, end the relationships with me because they wanted to be together, you know, like I need this to make sense because I need to be able to move on. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. yeah. I, I, I can feel your pain through the phone because you're, you're, you were ended, you ended up being, um, disrespected by not by not one but two people in your life and it's what it sounds like to me when you are describing how the breakup occurred and how the friendship breakup occurred it sounded like they both sabotaged it like they both intentionally did something in order to to find a way out the door that's exactly what I'm feeling and I didn't think anything of it until I heard they were together and now I'm like these are the two people that I thought were closest in my life Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, don't apologize. Yeah, it's a lot of pain and hurt there. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that that happened to you. I, I think for me, if I were in your situation, finding out that they were together in a weird way would actually have been closure for me because mm-hmm. it, it would have gave me the answers that I felt mm-hmm. like I was looking for as to why. Because like Kristen said, I feel like I would feel like they sabotaged it. Mm-hmm. But at this point, whether you find out they did or they didn't, how do you think it's going to help you heal? Because I miss them. I miss my boyfriend. I miss my best friend. But knowing that they're the type of people that do that to me, then they're done. And that missing is gone. And I know they're not the type of people I thought they were. Oh, so this is going to be like a massive nail in the coffin. Like, they're going to be dead to you if this is confirmed. Yes, Yes, absolutely. Because what I'm missing was not actually the people I thought, you know? So if that's what happened, then I'm done. I'm done moving on. And it's a new life for me. All right, Brian, I have a theory. Now, first, you need to tell me if your best friend, is she the type of person who's kind of vindictive? Like, does she always need the last word in arguments? 
I mean, sometimes when we're drinking, yes. Like, she just, she gets these, like, beer muscles, and you know, she has to have the last word. She's always right, which is why I didn't think anything of it that last time. But, I mean, for the most part, she's a good person. Okay, so doing a little intel on what I know about women, which is a lot, too much, may, people may say. But I have a feeling that after you and your best friend had this falling out, she decided she was going to try and get back at you by getting with your boyfriend. I think she, mm. I think this might be a way of her mm. kind of getting the last word in this argument by being like, all right, well, we're not going to be friends anymore. I'm going to sleep with you, dude. So it wasn't that they were cheating and that's why they both like went their separate ways from her, but it was like after the fact, she's like, I'm so mad at my friend. I'm going to go after her ex. I think that's 100% what happened. Mm. It, it almost, it feels like the reason why you guys got cut off from each other, the argument is not big enough for a best friend to end a friendship. So there had to be something else going on. Well, women will do this thing where they will build up resentment with you about so many different things that finally one thing will happen and that's just the last straw for them. All right, um, Brianna, hang out for a couple of seconds because our show director, Tommy, reached out to the ex-boyfriend and the ex-best friend and we've got answers for you, okay? Thank you. All right, we're getting closure today. Next on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. All right, we'll get Brianna on here again in just one second and give her an update because she's starting to put things together like her boyfriend broke up with her, her best friend broke up with her at the same time, and she's been wondering, okay, this is kind of a coincidence here. What happened? And we got answers for her here in just a second. Um, I don't know much about this, but I do know it's probably worth pursuing for you guys if you have college kids. Uh, Amazon is offering college students flights home for the holidays for $25. Wow. Excuse me? Uh, Amazon <laughs> is offering college students flights home um, for the holidays for 25 bucks. I don't know much about it. This is all I know is they have um, a program called Prime Student, and there's a limited number of tickets each day. There's 3,000 of them every single day. That's a lot, though. Yeah. It, it is, right? It's worth looking into. Um, it started yesterday. They're offering 1,000 tickets today, another 1,000 tomorrow, and it's on some select routes uh, around the country. And the departure dates are literally December 8th through the 25th. And you can come on back as uh, early or as late as January 14th. Wow. That's all I know. So check out Prime Student if you have college kids. And that might be a super cheap way to go. That's fire. All right, let's get Brianna back on here. Kristen, who is Brianna and why are we making calls for? Her? All right, Brianna is our Burt Show listener who has, she, she desperately needs some closure. She was dating a man who just basically what seems like sabotage the relationship broke up with her shortly after she and her best friend get in this huge fight started by her friend and their friendship ends now fast forward her ex-boyfriend and her ex-best friend are now dating each other so of course you know of course that sent brianna in a tailspin wondering like did they do this on purpose did he like did they did they both sabotage this these relationships with me so they could be together were they seeing each other when we you know when we when i was her friend and when i was his girlfriend and she wants that she wants to know this because she catches herself missing her ex and missing her missing her best friend but if we can't get confirmation that there was infidelity that happened then to hell with both of them and she will never think twice about them again some doesn't smell right Something doesn't smell right at all. All right, Brianna, um, you asked us to try to help you get some closure. So our show director, Tommy, reached out to both the ex-boyfriend and ex-best friend, and he can take it from here. 
All right, so I reached out to Connor, the ex-boyfriend, and Leah, the ex-best friend. Connor did not reply, but Leah did. And I was able to talk to her via text, and she knows the bird show. And I explained that I was contacting her on behalf of you, Brianna, and that you needed some answers in order to move on. And this is the first thing I said. I said, well, Tommy, before you start, would yep. you like Abby to play the part of Leah so you can kind of like um, like a reenact the conversation? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Just you're going to need like a bitchy undertone. Okay. Ooh, I can do I can do bitchy. <laughs> Don't change a thing. Bitch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Uh, Brianna's really struggling to understand what happened between uh, her and her ex and the two of you. She was confused by two relationships ending, and now she's heard about the two of you dating. She needs some clarity on the timing of it all. Can you shed some light on when your relationship started? Look, Tommy, I understand this is your job to contact me and ask, but honestly, whatever you're wanting to get out of me is not going to happen. It's time for everyone to move on. Good job. Easily said by the person who did the wrong thing. Bitchy level is strong. (laughs) It's easy for her to say it's time for everyone to move on because they moved on clearly without me. All right. So I replied to Leah. I said, I understand that. But Brianna is really torn up. Knowing whether this started while they were still together might help her move on. She just wants the truth. Our current situation is not about Brianna. She has nothing to do with it. Like I told her months ago, she needs help to stop making everything about her. And then, <laughs> like, they were my boyfriend and my best friend, and it's not about me. Like... <laughs> All right. I tried to Am remain. I being ridiculous? No, you're no. not being ridiculous. No, no, no. I'd be hurt if I were you also. I tried to remain calm. I said, Leah, she's just looking for some answers. It's been really tough on her. I'm sorry she's having a tough time, but nobody is doing anything wrong. Everyone has moved on. She should too. And then I said, it's not about dwelling. It's just about understanding. What I see is Brianna once again making someone else's life about her. Our relationship is ours, not hers. She needs to accept it and find a way to move forward without these answers. We don't owe her an explanation. So that speaks volumes, I think, there, Brianna. How do you feel about that? Yeah, yeah. They don't owe me an explanation. (laughs) You know, these are people that both profess their undying love to me for years, and now they're together, but I don't deserve an explanation. Forget about them. They deserve each other. Mm -hmm. So I deduced, (laughs) and I said, okay, I'm going to assume this means the relationship did start before they had broken up. Assume whatever you want. None of it matters. It doesn't change anything. Okay. Uh, right there. Right yeah. there. That shows that they were together. They were together. That's why everything happened. Yeah, yeah. she's not gutsy <laughs> enough to say that she's a douchebag. Um, but exactly. that's exactly what's been going on, probably. Um, but she's not gutsy enough to say, but you know in your heart what's going on, and you don't yeah. need either one of them. Just move on. Yeah. yeah. So you know what? His three inches is her problem now. Hey. Oh, oh, yeah. wow. Damn, okay. That's a fact. All right. <laughs> But if you got it three times that night, is it like, it's like nine. That's not how that works. That's that's doom, man. (laughs) (laughs) The Bird Show.
What would you guys do if you found out the person that you were dating and was really into you and you were really into them back didn't want to be seen in public with you? Oh, well, that would, yeah, that would be a hard pill to swallow. But I'm getting sex in private? Yes. I'm cool. No, you are not. <laughs> <laughs> they don't tell your friends that you exist. They won't be, they won't go on a date with you in public. They won't be seen with you in public. You to the rest of the world do yeah. not exist, but in your private bubble, you're in a, you're essentially in a relationship. Uh, all right, follow-up question. So I'm getting sex in private? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. That is a bar set so incredibly low. Here I am. All right. Let me, let me translate it I'm into playing. dude it speak. It would be 100% offensive. Yeah, and it would hurt even more if you found out, for like for a guy, I think we've talked about the equivalent of this, but if you found out, it's because you're short, uh-huh. and that's why they don't want to be seen in public with you. And there's an, uh, a writer named Christine, uh, Shane Wald, who wrote an open letter to the men who will have sex with her but won't date her publicly mm-hmm. because she is a fat woman. Mm-hmm. And she says, it's one thing if you're in, not into fat women. Everyone has their preferences. But if you want to have sex with us without being seen in public, that's emotionally abusive. Now, she's mm-hmm. assu- she's she's heard this from them or this is what she's assuming? Let me, let me read the, her okay. quick little anecdote. She said, many years ago, I had a thing with this guy that I thought was a relationship material. He had an amazing body, but a great personality as well. And I was honest when I met him, I was looking for something more than sex. And he led me to believe that he wanted to as well. Between mind blowing sex sessions, we ordered in, we played video games, we watched movies, couple things that couples do together without the label. But when I tried him to go to a show or dinner with me, he refused. My frustration grew and I confronted him. Why don't we ever go anywhere? We have everything we need here, he answered, while distracting me by caressing my shoulder blades. We actually don't, I said. I'm hungry. Let's go check out that new Indian place around the corner. No, he said. We might run into one of my buddies, he said, moving his body further away from me. The underlining meaning was clear. He couldn't take the chance that someone he knew would see him with me. He needed to keep our relationship on the DL so that no one would ever suspect that he enjoyed spending time with me, a fat woman. And when I realized he was ashamed of being seen with me, I felt as if I had been punched in the stomach, a place where so much of my pain already resided. And to him, I was effable, but not dateable. And he dumped me soon after that conversation. And it's a sad fact. Many men who are sexually attracted to fat women are ashamed of it. They're okay with banging a fat girl, but they don't want to hang out with her because someone might judge them for it. And it really got to me. And I'll post this up on our social media accounts because I've seen the concept of pretty privilege and thin privilege pop up more and more. And I think most of us kind of roll our eyes at it like, oh, okay, yeah, of course, hot people are always going to get extra perks in the world. They're going to get invited to Cubs clubs. That's just the world we live in. But when you look at people who have been fatter, and I mean like, not like I need to lose five pounds, but who have lost like 50 plus pounds, the way they are treated differently by not only strangers, but their friends and their family. And then if they gain the weight back, the way those people go back really? to treating them differently is a very, very real thing. And it is. So I know this is your segment, but do you mind if I yeah. um, give the phone number oh, out to talk that. to some of those, some people that have felt that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. one eight five five Bird show if you fall into this category that Cassie is talking about where you lost weight. People treated you differently, then maybe you put weight back on and they treated you differently again. One eight five five Bircha. And I've superficially, like I've struggled with my weight and I felt this a little bit in uh, professional settings, like outside of the studio, obviously, but noticing that 
uh, new business people would pay more attention to me if I was on the thinner side versus the fatter side. And that always stuck out to me. And I wrote it off the first few times. I'm like, don't be ridiculous. No one's looking at this. And then it repeatedly happened. And I noticed as I got thinner, I got more attention. But the thing is, it it hurts because it really makes you realize that, and I don't think people intentionally do it. And I do feel bad. There's such a stigma around it too for everyone involved. But it sucks to sit here and be like, yeah, I know people judge me for my body, but they suck. You know, those people suck who uphold the that those kind of diet culture standards. Screw them. But then when it's coming from inside the house, family or friends, and you're like, you only like me when I'm thin. I'm the same person on the inside, but you only like me now and not when I gain the weight. That is a crushing feeling because at that point you look at everything you've been told your entire life about it's personality that matters it's the beauty on inside that counts it's who you are as a person and those things happen and you're like was everything I've been told always a lie am I really just the sum of myself is my body and my physical appearance and that is all that people care about um, getting back to the sex um, portion of this whole thing I guess the way around that is to go out before you have, you get physical with him, so you would know if he's that shallow or not. Yeah, but it's not, as a fat woman, like, I wish it were different. It's not like, how do I put this without sounding insulting? It's not like men are constantly throwing ourselves at overweight people. And you do have, like, really, really beautiful fat people, fat, quote, unquote, Ashley Graham, who's a plus-size model, um, even Tess Holiday, who have kind of broken out of the mold. But it's not like you can just... Like, well, we have to go out. You drop your standards. And it's not to say you can't find a good man or a good woman. Like, let me back that up. Like, my husband is amazing. And I would date him thick or thin. And he doesn't care. And those guys do exist. But it's not like they're banging down your door. So you kind of take what you can get. And as an insecure fat person, if you like guys and when any guy shows interest in you, that is validation Mm -hmm. that you crave. That's right. it's, and when you get that, it doesn't matter if that dude doesn't live up to your standards. You'll lower your standards because finally someone has found you desirable and you have been found worthy and like somebody sees you. And so that's why you can get into this relationship behind closed doors. And that's what makes it hurt so much more on the backside because you might have dropped your standards or you might have been like, that's OK. Nobody is perfect. And then it's a kick to the gut when they're like. Yeah, you're good enough on the inside to bang, you know, in the most intimate way. But to be seen with you is so disgusting. I could never let my friends know. You really explained that very beautifully. Thanks. You really did. Hey, Krista, good morning. You're on the Bird Show. Hi. Good morning. How are y'all? Good. Thank you. So I'm 28 now, okay? And I'm about 5'5", 175 pounds. When I was 16 in high school, I was about 275 pounds, Okay. And as a high school girl, you know, everyone wants, all high school girls want love and attention, you know, whatever. And I had pretty friends and things like that who always had boyfriends, never me, that kind of thing. Or I would have the same exact thing. People who would talk to me on the low or try to get in my pants in high school, but they didn't want to be seen with me or want to have a relationship with me. And then I lost all this weight. And I mean, I had like stretch marks and things like that before I ever had kids. And I lost all this weight and it was like all this attention came out of nowhere. Even people who, who like downed me in high school, they don't even recognize me now, but I remember them, you know, and they're like, Hey, Hey, how you doing? Trying to get at me. And I'm like, no, I remember how you treated me in high school. You know, I'm the same person on the inside as I was then. 
you know, now that I look better or I have a nicer body or I, this and that, you know, I'm like slim thick uh, is what people like to call me now. Um, but like I said, I'm the same person that I was then and it's totally unfair. It's a fear that I have to gain that weight back simply because I don't want to be viewed or treated differently. Dang, I appreciate you calling. These Thank are you. Slow. Wow. This is so painful to listen to. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's a reality. Hey, Casey, good morning. You're on the Bird Show. Hi. Good morning. Yes, I've been a server in the restaurant, the same restaurant, for about 13 years. And, I, you know, I had a baby, and I weighed, like, about 240, 243, and... I noticed, like, all the men there, you know, they would never talk to me or nothing. And then I lost about 100 pounds, and I got down to about 140. And everybody just came out of nowhere and noticed me and started talking to me and stuff like that. And it just felt, you you could tell, like, you didn't even notice me or or want nothing to do with me when I was a thicker. But now that I'm small, everybody's giving me all this attention. So I definitely feel that. It, it sucks. Mm-hmm. It's sad. It's because like it's like the bigger you get, the more invisible you become. Oh, mm-hmm. Exactly. God, I hate that. It, that is on the money. And Damn. you know, I just saw a stat that says girls as young as six years old are now talking about being thin. And the thing is, fat people have just as much value as thin people. But we live in a society where the currency is being thin, and fat people are broke in that area. And no matter how much we beg. It's not going to change, and it's it's exhausting. So I just want to leave any overweight woman or man out there with these words from the author. Being alone is better than compromising on what you deserve or being made to feel as if you're someone's big, dirty secret. You're not only dateable, you're lovable and worthy of being treated with respect and love. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights, make it spicy. My margaritas, make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you gotta have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you writing solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't got to worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast so be sure to use code abby to get your discount code abby listen it's the bird show abby going the mom route oh yeah it's not a typical route for me but i have this ongoing joke that i have this running list of things that make me realize i can never be a parent whether it be jimmy spitting up his food into Kristen's hand at dinner (laughs) or if it's a tantrum that i see at my local Publix. and this came across my for you page on tiktok from an account called at official eden sure who if you don't know who eden is she played sue heck on the middle so if you recognize the voice that's that's why why she looked familiar yep she's a mom now and she has this two-year-old and she was detailing all of the requirements her daughter has uh, to take a little poopy. Something nobody prepared me for in terms of having kids was the list of demands my two-year-old was going to have in order to go poop in the toilet. All of the lights have to be off in the room. She must be in the full nude 
have to be holding one of her hands, and then in the other hand, she has to be holding a two-inch plastic Elmo figurine. Somehow, with one hand, I am to read her the book Green Eggs and Ham, while she, at the same time, sings the alphabet in Spanish. So here is my impression of my child every time she has to go to the bathroom. Mommy, go poop. Be naked. Be dog. Hold it, mommy hand. Hold it, teeny Elmo. Mommy, weed ham. Sing it, ABC. Then after about 30 seconds. Wow, it's a lot. It's yeah, it <laughs> a lot. Yeah, when you is. think that about it, though, accurate. from like a two-year-old, is that a two-years-old? She said two, yeah. Two? That toilet must really be super intimidating. To a two-year-old. Get out of your adult head for a second. Well, yeah, the, the big toilet. But typically, you learn to potty train on that small little plastic toilet. And but that's... It's like going from an inflatable pool into an Olympic-sized pool for a kid. Gra- gra- graduating from the tiny <laughs> the plastic one to the big one? Yes. <laughs> All right, Mo, why is the lady super, super, super mad at you? Um, What'd I, you do? I, I did, it was an accident. What'd you do? <sighs> I, I did something that genuinely, genuinely, she did not speak to me for a full day. Day. And she does not get upset, like hardly ever. It's it's very impressive to me, and I've I've never seen her more angry with me. And it was over the silliest thing, and it was a complete accident. Don't say that. It wasn't silly it to was, her, obviously. All right, you just called her getting mad at you, silly. What are you doing? Damn, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> in, in my defense, I think you'll understand why I said silly in the end. Now, to most people, I think this is going to sound silly. But to gamers, to like anybody who is a gamer or anyone who was a gamer as a kid, I think you will completely relate to this story and why she was so upset. She was not and is not a gamer? No. And that's a that's a part of it. So I, in recent times, have gotten back into playing video games. I, I went years without playing them, collecting dust. But once I started playing again, it kind of reminded me how sometimes when you're going through tough phases in life, you really can just escape for hours by just playing a video game. And it's like you're you're not even there. You're not even thinking about it. So I kind of fell in love with that feeling again. And it's probably a little bit of nostalgia feeling like a kid, too. Exactly that. So I couldn't get her into it, but I had noticed that she had brought up how much she missed playing Super Mario and Super Nintendo as a kid. So I thought it would be a, a good gesture to go and get her a Super Nintendo. Oh, sure. that's so cute. Sweet. So I did. I went and bought her the Super Nintendo. I got her the Super Mario Brothers, the exact one that she wanted and she loved playing. I didn't realize how much like she was really going to get into playing it. And at first, I kind of did it honestly so that she would have something to do when I wanted to play my video games, right? <laughs> but <laughs> so it wasn't completely like selfless. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like a boomerang. Let's just say we both win, okay. right? You're really digging yourself a hole here. <laughs> but I found myself caught like playing it with her and actually enjoying it and forgetting how much I enjoy playing it. So last week, there was a day I was starting to feel under the weather. I just did not feel good at all going into the weekend. And so I like something really came over me to the point where I couldn't barely get out of bed. I was just not feeling good. And it ended up being a day where we just played Super Mario together. Like, and it was actually a lot of fun. It was it was a ton of fun. And if you never played it or you don't remember playing it, it's not the easiest game in the world. And if you're genuinely trying to beat it, you don't get a lot of lives and you die a lot. And when you die, you have to restart and restart and restart. So she found a way to actually, like, play this 
one particular level, like over and over and over. And she wanted to surprise me because when she did it, I wasn't in the room, so I didn't know she did this. Because some of these tracks are easier than others. Exactly so you're saying that. that she had a track that she knew left, right, what was coming yep. over and over and over again. And if you don't know it, then you're all over the place. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So in order to better prepare us to defeat the ones that are really difficult, <laughs> she stayed on, on one that was easy and com- took her hours. But she did it to the point where we almost had, like, unlimited lives. Like, we had a ton of lives. And we can finally beat the game. And she was so excited about it. And I looked at it, and I was like, you really spent all this time doing that? And she's like, yeah, like, I, I'm having so much fun. I really want us to beat this together. So she's excited. I'm excited to see her this excited. And we're having the greatest time. And then I got up to get some water. I don't know what happened to me, man. I don't consider myself a clumsy person. I don't oh, no. typically mess things up. Oh, no. I have never done this. No. I have always been the person that this no. happens to. No. I tried to, like, get up and maneuver around where the wire was. No, 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 no. I kicked that wire. Oh, no, no. She lost everything. <gasps> everything she had built up? Everything. Oh. All of it. All gone. the levels she had passed? Gone. And she's just sitting there. I see her just slowly drop the controller. And she's staring at the blank screen. And I'm just standing there with my mouth open. I didn't know what to do, how to fix it. I just was like, I'm sorry. And she just didn't even look at me. She just put her hand up like. I don't need her right now. I'm going to need some time. Just just go somewhere. She didn't speak to me the whole day, man. I felt horrible. You should. Get it? The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Former news anchor Amy Robach is opening up about the scary moment she thought her partner was dead. But before we get into that, we got some breaking news. Whoa, stop what you're doing. Breaking news now on the Burt Show. Everyone in my DMs telling me to shut up about Taylor Swift and that there's other celebrities out there need to quiet down today because a direct quote from Time Magazine is calling Taylor Swift the main character of the world because Taylor (laughs) Swift is Time Magazine's person of the year. Ha, suckers! (laughs) She is on a roll, man. She is having the year of her life. Time gives this award to the individual group or concept that has the most influence on the world throughout the previous 12 months. So as a consummate Swifty, I saw people commenting prior to this being announced and that she was on the short list that she's just a pop star. What has she done? Please explain the impact that Taylor Swift has had on the world in 2023. Of course, Taylor Swift's an incredible artist, but the economic impact that she has had on a global scale literally rivals world leaders. I think Forbes just put her out on the top five list next to the world leaders of the planet. And like Taylor Swift is number five, like one through four are presidents of some of the most prominent countries in the world. I think I told you guys a couple of weeks ago when I was in Brazil and she was there in Rio and in Sao Paulo, all of the restaurants and all of the bars were so thankful that she was in town mm-hmm. because they're all making money. And the Uber drivers, the lit- the things you don't even think about. Somebody had joked if aliens come to the planet, they will think that Taylor Swift is our leader because of the <laughs> masses of people that show up, that yeah, congregate man. outside the stadiums, that follow her around the world. Everyone's going to, like, it, the rest of the universe, 
According to them, Taylor Swift is Earth's leader. And she's just a damn good person. I mean, all the stuff she does on the side that sometimes we hear about, sometimes we don't. She's just so good to her fans and so good to people in general. I don't understand what the hate is, except sometimes it's just too much. Like, sometimes I do feel like the publicity gets to a point where it's hit saturation point. But it's all good stuff. I think this is incredible, and congratulations to Taylor Swift, but but I also think somebody has to say it. This, this was Barbie's time, and she she stole this <laughs> from Barbie. I, I concur. <laughs> I'm going to disrespectfully disagree, but <laughs> Time Magazine said picking one person who represents the 8 billion people on the planet is no easy task. We picked a choice that represents joy, somebody who's bringing light to the world. She was like weather. She was everywhere. Yeah, the same but different. Like, I never understood... I hear she is just going out of her way to do good, right? And years ago, you'll love this. I never understood what the hate was for Tim Tebow. All the dude was like preaching good stuff from the Bible and an inspiration. And people turned on that dude for whatever reason. And I could never understand it. Even though I'm not a Florida fan, I'm a Georgia fan. I'm like, God, leave the kid alone. Well, I think it's like a pendulum. Anytime you see somebody loving something, there's always somebody who wants to be skeptical and take the other side of the coin and be a hater. But I think it's really great that after 20 years in the entertainment industry where Taylor Swift has really had to battle a media frenzy and people like Kim Kardashian coming after her, that she's really getting her kudos for minding her damn business and just putting out really good music. So I'm really proud of her today. And she looks great on the cover. Okay, so into some more sad news. Um, I want to give a quick trigger warning for suicide because Amy Robach uh, and TJ Holmes are finally opening up about their quote-unquote affair that allegedly got them fired from their roles as ABC News anchors. So they say it wasn't an affair, that they were in the middle of divorces, and that it wasn't an affair that got outed, just their romance that got outed. Yeah, so we talked about that earlier where on this podcast they were explaining that, you know, they were in the middle of divorce and, you know, the, there was nothing shady going on. But they also talked about something deeper that was happening after they got fired where after they were let go from GMA, Amy was sending some texts to TJ after she got something pretty concerning sent from him and she thought he had actually taken his life. So scary. Um, it's really sad to hear that that was actually what was going on behind the scenes because, I mean, they did get a lot of backlash when it all mm-hmm. came out uh, in the headlines. So um, really sad to hear that that was their reality. But it seems like they're all doing fine. Their spouses are now together and yes. they're together out living their life. So good <laughs> for them. For more stories, head to thebirtshow.com. Click eBuzz. Get it. The Birch Show. It's a nice thought, but maybe she went too far here. Like if you're going to go out with a dude or you're going to go out with a woman, what if there was... A scouting report <laughs> on that person before you even stepped foot into the restaurant or the bar to see them. Yeah, if you thought I was committed to finding love, wait till you hear about this chick. She created an entire document about every eligible male in her country and all the women they've spoken to, how hot they are, and if they come from old money or new money. This is a like t- an Excel spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Like an Excel spreadsheet. Exactly what it was, right? So this is from a TikTok account called at Lara in Paris where she explains how she did it. An Egyptian girl made an entire list of all of the eligible bachelors in Egypt. And after five years of making this list, she finally found a fiancé and she leaked the list to help other women find a husband. And when I tell you this woman did her research, I mean it. She left so much information about these men. So I'm going to dissect it for you guys. Okay, I hid the names, but... First of all, she gives you their age, and they're mostly men in their late 20s and early 30s. And then she tells you if they're cute, hot, or meh. Then she lets you know if they're old money or new money. 
if they're an F boy or not, if they summer in Europe or not. And here she talks about their key attributes. Most of her key attributes being cash. It doesn't stop there, guys. She made a list of women these guys have spoken to. So their exes, their fiancés, their wives, their hookups, their flings. And she knows this by going through their phone. And literally up here, she says, you guys need to find better passwords because it was so easy to get your passwords. Like this girl is next level stalker. It's kind of creepy, I'm not gonna lie. Then she mentions the number of girls they're currently talking to and she knows this by going through their phone. Then she mentions their jobs. Most of them are like CEOs. By the way, I have Egyptian friends and I send them this list and they were laughing so much because they have friends who are on that list. And then at the end, she gives you like a note on each guy. Let's just read some because they're too funny. Mama's boy, no work ethic, airhead, but very fun, has some issues. Music is insane, hot in a weird way, sometimes look like he needs to spend more time in the shower. There are about 100 men on this list, guys. Damn. I didn't realize Egypt was so small, only 100 guys. <laughs> Deep thought. How many can she go out with? I mean, let, let's let's state the obvious. If a man did this to a bunch of women, it'd be gross. Absolutely. It's gross either way. Well, yes, it and, is gross yeah. either way, but it's, you know, yeah. And you're taking the word of one person. It's like looking at a movie review of one reviewer and making this broad opinion based on one other person's the opinion. The amount of time she must have had on her hands to do this. It said five years, right? It yeah. took five <laughs> years to do it. But you know what? Y'all are hating. She still found herself a man. So. It worked. <laughs> I guess. All right, let's get into the email. Her husband's been asked to donate something at work. She thinks he should absolutely decline. Over the years, I have been asked to contribute donations to some rather dodgy, quote-unquote, causes at work. Usually, I have been able to say no in a nice way. Last night, my husband came home with a flyer created by one of his co-workers in which he's asking for donations so he can go climb Mount Everest. Um, am I the only one who thinks this is completely inappropriate to ask of your co-workers? This man and my husband do not see each other outside work and have no special bond. They don't even eat lunch together. I consider asking folks at work to buy Girl Scout cookies as the absolute maximum level of acceptable hitting up. My outrage was compounded when my husband declared his intention to give the climber $100 because he's a good guy and I have to work with him and feel obligated. After my fit, he agreed to reduce the amount to $50 but got mad at me for being mad. There's still tension in the air. Am I cruel and selfish or is my husband losing it? I've lost a little something here. You okay? What'd you say? Yeah, I'm just trying to see exactly where the problem is. She doesn't want to donate $50 to this rando co-worker who's raising money so he can climb Mount Everest. It's not like he's asking donations for a children's hospital or yeah. for um, for a... a, a a pet shelter like he just needs money so he can go yeah. pursue his passion and his goal of climbing mount everest right. and her husband wants to give this dude a hundred bucks and she's like dude no that's our money why why would you give this granted it's a co-worker but still a rando a hundred bucks so he can go climb mount everest when you can use that money elsewhere yeah the only thing ridiculous about this situation is the fact that there's still tension in the air i just don't feel like this needed to be a big blow-up fight that was going to last longer than an hour now to be fair i think a hundred dollars and 
$50 mean very different things depending on, you know, what you're bringing in money wise. So if money's really tight, I can completely understand why you would be stressed and tense about this considering it's also the holidays and, you know, money seems to be flying out the savings account like no other mm-hmm. right now. But I mean, if you guys are really rolling in it, I mean, why not throw him $50 to help him achieve his dreams? So we get a, like, say we get an email. It's like a, one of those all emails that they send, uh, you know, in our, in our office mm-hmm. and somebody is, and it's somebody over on the other side of the building. So it's not like anybody in this studio that we know intimately that we would consider calling a friend and they're asking for it. Would you donate? Yeah. It's, it's a little bit like the emails or the DMs I'll get from time to time that people are asking me to like donate to or put them on the show to talk about their kids traveling softball team. And in the overall scheme of things, when you should see some of the DMs we get with people that are really in hard times, you got to make that kind of decision, right? We haven't had them on yet. Yeah. The traveling softball team girl. Um, so in a case like this, though, I mean, it's 50 bucks and it's this guy's dream. If you have the money, I'd give it to him. Grown ass, your husband's a grown ass man. I, I think it's the principle for her. I, I don't, this wouldn't be an argument for me. I wouldn't care that much. But if I were in her shoes, I would side with her simply because it just feels... I guess weird. It's like because it's a hobby in, in a sense, right? Like climbing, climbing Mount Everest. So someone is trying to utilize their coworkers to help fund their hobby. And I can understand why she feels like that. that's not a thing. I'm telling you right now, my husband would put his foot down. He'd be like, absolutely not. Really? Yes. I'd be on. I'd give him 50 bucks. Mm-mm. I mean, you, it's a, it's like a bucket list dream item for this person. Mm-hmm. And the Get a piggy bank. Amount of effort, <laughs> the amount of effort that it goes into taking to climbing Mount Everest, oh, I'd give 50 bucks for sure. You would I- probably end up funding his hobby so long as you work there. <laughs> He's going to keep coming back. It's the Bird Show. Thanks for listening. Get more Bird Show fix at thebirdshow.com or follow us on social media at The Bird Show.